This is the Save the Damn Score podcast with your host, Logan Anderson. Welcome, everybody, to the Say the Damn Score podcast. We are up to episode number 12. We've made it, oh, I think about four and a half, five months here. Who's counting? But right now, we are joined by Zach McCright, who is the founder and host of the podcast About Sports Radio, which delves into a lot of the same topics that this one does, to be perfectly honest. But I listen to it a lot, and I really enjoy it very much. And, Zach, how are you doing today? Good, and, and thank you for the kind words. It, and it, it's nice to, to know that I have some, uh, uh, some, some teammates that, uh, that enjoy this, this type of podcast as well, so I like it. Yeah, it really was an interesting experience because when I came up with this, I had never heard of yours, and I was actually talking to John Chelesnick about the idea to have other sportscasters on, and he goes, oh, so like what Zach McCright does. And I'm like, who's Zach McCright, and what does he do? <laughs> And he goes, oh, I, I went to your podcast, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> but, uh, you know what? I actually um, I, I basically did what you did. I just did it earlier. I was, I, I'm big into podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. And, um, I, I, you know, there seems to be, if you do enough digging, there seems to be a podcast about every single topic imaginable. And, obviously, there's a ton in sports. But I could not find one about the sports talk industry. And there's one about every industry, seemingly. So I said, well, I, well, I guess I'll just start my own. So that's what I did. And it, and it, and it gives, as you well know, I'm sure, um, it gives sports radio uh, nerds like myself uh, a chance to pick the brain, uh, brains, collective brains, of people in this industry, most of which are either successful or we look up to or both. So um, it, 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 it's a lot better than, you know, cold calling a guy you look up to and going, hey, can I have some advice? Instead, you just go, can I, can, will you come on my podcast? And they're like, yeah, sure. I'm like, all right, good. I get to pick the brain of a Colin Cowherd or, or someone of that nature for 30 minutes. This is, this is going to be great. So, yeah, that's kind of how the idea came about. Not that you asked, but yeah. How, how have, I guess, have you been surprised at the number of people who say yes? Because I'm sure, like mine, you're not paying them anything. There's really no incentive for them to doing it outside of the goodness of their hearts. Are you surprised that some of the big names you've had have been as kind as they are? Uh, yes and no. Um, I, I, I think, uh, to, 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 I say yes because... These people, especially, you know, the higher you go up in the business, the, the busier they get. But no, from the standpoint that I think not only do, do people like to talk about themselves, um, so I think that's, you know, that's half the issue right there. You know, they, people like to talk about themselves. They like, about, they like to talk about the stuff they're interested in. And, you know, if they're in the sports radio business, they're obviously interested in it. So I think that's, that's part of the reason I'm not surprised. But the other big part, of the reason that I'm not necessarily super surprised is these people at one time, uh, you know, actually all the time, are always asking for other people's time on the phone to be guests on their show. And I think there's a part of them in the back of their mind, at least a lot of them, 
that if I guess if they're anything like me, it's like, man, I, I kind of feel like this is my way of giving back. You know, I you know we've asked for so many uh, people's time on the radio that you know if somebody's going to ask for our time, I almost feel like we should say yes. And my guess is, I don't know this to be so. My guess is that's the way that these people have also thought about it whenever I've asked for their time. And uh, so they have been very kind with it. It is surprising when you get uh, the higher naming guys that will say, yeah, let's just let's figure out a time right now. Or they, you know, they will follow you back somehow on, you know, on, on Twitter, or they, they already were following your podcast accounts on Twitter, and they DM you, they send you a direct message, and they're like, yeah, sure, let's work out the time right now. You know, I'll put it in my calendar, and it's like, wow. I, you, you always figure that the, you know, the more money these guys make, the less available they become. And to be quite frank with you, it's, it's the opposite sometimes. So uh, yes and no is the answer to your question. One of the things that I've found fascinating is the entry into the business for everyone. And it, there really hasn't been any replicable paths with the people I've talked to. It's all just luck of the draw and weird random breaks. You've been a sports talk show host all over the country. You've been in Louisville. You've been in St. Louis. You've been in Oklahoma City. I guess, what was your big break into the industry? How did you get into the business? Well, I, I guess it's kind of twofold. Um, I knew I wanted to be in sports radio from the time I was, man, I bet I was 10 years old. Um, but that being said, it wasn't uh, necessarily sports talk that I was interested in. Um, I, I wanted to be in play-by-play. And I think there, there have been a number of people, um, I wouldn't call it the majority, but I would call it a, uh, a, con- a considerable minority, I guess, that have been on my podcast that have kind of fallen into that same route, uh, for better or worse. And, you know, you, you, the play-by-play thing doesn't work, or, or you've got to commit to, you know, spending time in, you know, Bismarck or, you know, or, uh, uh, you know, somewhere in Delaware, you know, I mean, it's just like, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I like play-by-play that much. Or if you're having to do a bunch of other jobs on top of it, just to do, you know, you got to do sales 90% of the time just to get in your 10% of play-by-play. And so that just stuff like that, you, you go, well, okay, well, I don't know about that. And then all of a sudden, a sports talk job pops up, and then you've gone down that route. That's what I did. Um, I did sports talk. Uh, I did sports play-by-play from the time I was uh, 15 years old. I got my first paid gig at 15, and did it uh, solidly for 10 years up until uh, I was 25 in 2005, and did it just as a side job. And uh, I, I live in the I live in southern Indiana, right across the river from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I did at the time, and I do again now, that uh, I, Indiana high school basketball is just, it's gold here. And stations literally are kept afloat um, and, and, and quite, quite easily kept afloat just by broadcasting high school basketball in this state. So I got to do that. I guess I was good enough, and, and I didn't command a huge salary at 15 uh, or at 20 or 25 uh, and uh, I would do that as my side job and 
then all of a sudden an ESPN station came to town uh, in 2005, came to Louisville, and they said I, the the owner of the station said, "Listen, I've been listening to you do play-by-play for 10 years. Would you like to try sports talk on our station?" And I said yes, and I, I guess the rest is history. The I mean, the bigger break was St. Louis, I guess, in 2000. Uh, 10, 11, and uh, a guy by the name of Jason Barrett, uh, who is a uh, who has been a very successful sports radio program director in many top markets, um, somehow heard me uh, from St. Louis with the help of another great sports radio consultant by the name of Rick Scott, who I think might have been, I don't know, either driving through Louisville or, or found me somewhere online, I guess, at the time, and said, you know, if you're looking for a guy, this guy might be the one that you need. And so that all kind of worked out. And before I knew it, I was doing sports talk in a, you know, in a major market. And I guess maybe th- maybe from there, the rest is history. So there's got to be a story behind getting your first paid gig in radio at 15. That's not something that happens real frequently. How did that come about? Uh, yeah, I guess I should have explained that. Uh, like I said, I... I wanted to be in sports talk from a very young age. I, when I was, I mean, I can remember being 10 and 11 years old and popping in, you know, the old Nintendo video games and and turning the sound down and calling the play-by-play of my own games, you know. Um, and, and so I knew I wanted to do that from an early age. When I got into high school, um, I asked the athletic director at my high school, um, I, even though I was playing uh, basketball and baseball, I asked him, you know, can I be the public address announcer, you know, for any of the games that you'll let me be, you know, the public address announcer for? And they're like, sure, you know, you do, uh, you know, you do a uh, girls JV and you can do, uh, you know, you can do this soccer game. And so I would do a little bit of that. And before, I think before too long, my athletic director with his help, um, you know, he talked. I told him I wanted to be in play-by-play, and he talked to one of the local stations and said, "Hey, um, you know this this kid. You know, you should you know give him a shot." And then, um, as luck would have it, my best friend, uh, who who uh, was his his parents were divorced. Well, his dad decided to remarry, and his dad remarried the daughter of the big play-by-play voice in town. So. Um, they said, yeah, come and intern. So at 14, I interned. I did a high school football game near Evansville, Indiana, about two hours from Louisville. And so I, I rode with them, didn't know them uh, from Adam, rode with them in this car. And at halftime, I, he just said, you keep stats and you keep on a headset and just listen to us. Like, All right. So I kept stats and I listened to him and at halftime, he turned on my microphone, and he said, do the stats. And I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, so that was uh, – I, I, I don't – I used to have that tape, and I don't anymore, and I, I hate that I don't because everyone, I'm sure, would get a good kick out of that. But that's kind of how it began. I, I, and I think that's probably what you're going to get from a lot of people that you have on is somewhere they decided to intern. Um, you know, may, maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they were – you know, maybe they went to a successful college and, you know, the broadcasting degree helped them get somewhere. But for, for a lot of people, my guess is a lot of them intern. And that was my intern story. And 
before too long, I was filling in as a color commentator, and then too long after that, I was doing play-by-play. So am I correct in my understanding that you actually were able to rise in the industry without a college degree? Uh, I, I ended up graduating from college. Um, but, yes, uh, I, 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 did, I did start before I got the degree. I, uh, I went to Ball State for a year, um, which is probably about two and a half hours, may, maybe a little more than that, from where I live. Uh, northeast from here, it's in the northeast quadrant of Indiana, and I'm in the south central, uh, the, the very south central part of Indiana. And I would go back and forth uh, my freshman year in college just to do games. I would I would drive back and forth on the weekends, and that became cumbersome. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to party. I wanted to be a college student, um, but I also wanted I didn't want to give up the play by play. So I actually came back to Southern Indiana and went to a branch of IU, of Indiana University, that's actually just a mile from my house, or was a mile from my house at the time. And so I killed two birds with one stone, kept doing the play-by-play, and and, uh, ended up getting a college degree there. Do you miss doing play-by-play on a regular basis now that you are um, predominantly a sports talk personality? Yeah, I do. In fact, I just moved back to the area, and um, and and the the old station is asking me to uh, come back and do it again. And I, to be honest with you, I really don't have the time to do it. But I am seriously considering it because I, I do miss it. I, I think there is um, it, this. It's the same with sports talk as well. I think what I missed about it is the uh, uh, the going to work knowing that the work is, A, fun, but, B, is going to be different every single time I walk in. And I think that's the kind of work I've gotten used to, and I want to do as much of that as I possibly can. So, yeah, I do, I do miss it. And, uh, and, you know, maybe if, the, if, if, the, uh, if everything falls into place just so, maybe I'll be able to uh, dip my toes in it again. You know, that's one of the things I wanted to touch base with you on because I did a little bit of reading up on you beforehand, and it's there's some kind of blanks that I wasn't sure, and I kind of wanted to just let you kind of explain. You recently left the, the ticket in Oklahoma City. You moved back to Louisville, and if I understand it, you're out of the radio business. What did, went into that type of a decision? That seems like a very difficult decision to make, and if I'm wrong with that, then certainly put me in my place, but... What was the no, thought behind that? No, it was a very, very tough decision. Um, I still had a year left on my contract in Oklahoma City, and we had just um, – that, that station there in Oklahoma City is, is a two – at the time was just finishing up their uh, third year. I was there for two years, and it was just finishing up its third year of existence. And they were going up against a big behemoth in town, but it was the only game. It was the only station in town, sports station in town, called the Sports Animal. And so I wanted to give that a try. Well, uh, I wanted to see if I could maybe dig into the ratings there. And and sure enough, my very last ratings book, we finally beat the Sports Animal, twenty-five to fifty-four men, and 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 really, really uh, beat up on them in the younger uh, age demographics. Um, but my daughter, 
Um, I had a daughter back in July, uh, and she had a a, uh, a bad heart. She was born with uh, congenital heart disease, basically. Um, she had three holes in her heart, and she needed to have surgery. She just was not thriving. She was, uh, uh, you know, she was born a big old two or a big old nine pound two ounce baby, and after three months, had only gained, you know, a couple of three pounds. And, and uh, you know, finally the doctors had figured out that it was her heart that was keeping her from doing this and that she needed surgery immediately. So after surgery, you know, recovery was long. She's great, by the way, now. This, uh, you know, I think we're talking uh, tomorrow is six months post-op for her. She is uh, just turned 10 months old, and she's doing great. She's growing, and, and, and it's all starting to work now, but... Uh, at the time, it was like, man, we we really need to try to get closer to home and closer to more support. We were we were, uh, you know, seven hundred miles away from any family. My wife and I are both from Southern Indiana, so it was a tough decision. But we were like, okay, let's do this, and I'll try to find a job. And and, and my wife, I'm like, you you try to find a job, and if one of us finds one, we'll go, and the other one will just have to work on it. And my wife found one first, and I thought that's fine, we'll go, and. I've been in talks back and forth with some stations here, um, and I do some fill-in work. But in the meantime, my dad was like, hey, uh, why don't you get into the family business here? You know, he, he, we're in highway construction, and, and uh, it's a very successful business that my dad built from the ground up. And, uh, you know, getting into that as well has kind of, you know, it's, 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 there's no, it's no full-time job available in sports radio at the moment. And frankly, the family business thing was more lucrative, so it's kind of it, it's been a uh, crossroads for sure. But I'm getting enough fill-in work to kind of uh, wet my palate, and uh, we we came back for the right reasons, and so I don't regret the moves at all. And uh, we can we can leave Oklahoma City saying we <laughs> that we left on top, if if only for just one book, and uh, and and so. Everything's all good. I think uh, I think things played out the way they were meant to be, and I don't know if I've closed the sports radio door yet. We'll see. Well, that's a very admirable decision. A lot of respect, certainly, for that. Getting back to the happy stuff, we're going to go back to your podcast a little bit, and you've had a lot of really, really cool guests on. You've had Colin Cowherd. You've had Stu Gotts. Uh, off the top of my head, those are the ones I can remember. You know, what have you learned from your guests outside of, you know, just kind of the basics of how they prepare? What have you learned of just about the way they tick and the way they function that makes them successful? I, I think, I, I think what I've learned is it takes a certain sort of resilience. Um, I, I, I and, and that goes for the people who have been very successful as well. Um, you kind of have to slum it. Uh, I, I think with 95% of the uh, guests that I've had on um, have, 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 in their own words, or at least in, in my interpretation of them, have slummed it. I mean, they, they, had, they had to kind of, um, you know, work in the small cities for long periods of time for little to no pay, uh, hoping that a sponsor would bring by you know, lunch for them so they didn't have to pay for it. Um, I think that's kind of what this uh, business is 
built on is a bunch of people like that. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of them would probably tell you to a man that it's, it's not necessarily – a lot of them will probably admit to not being the best at their own craft, but they survived. And I think there's kind of a mill that will, you know, will, will kind of spit out the ones that won't stick in it during the slum portion of, of this career, and even though they might be very talented. And so I, I think what I've learned is everyone's got this sort of resilience that goes, you know what, I, I don't know if I'm great at this, but I'm going, to, but I'm confident enough to tell everyone else that I am, and I'm going to stick this out, and I'm going to show everyone who thought I wasn't good enough that I'm good enough to do this. I think there's a lot of people that have been on my podcast that have had some sort of story like that, and I think that's been the one main thing that sticks out. If you were going to give us a couple you know, bloopers that maybe didn't make the final cut, some funny things that happened while recording podcasts with these people. Are there any of them that you could go through? Oh. Uh, uh, let's see. <laughs> Probably none that are suitable for, for public consumption. <laughs> um, I, I, I think I was, I, I don't know if there was any necessarily any bloopers, maybe more so that I, I ended up just, after talking to these people for long enough, or uh, in in one case, um, you know, having a lot of, and I, I, I better not name the guy, but having, uh, you know, that, that guy having so much respect for my podcast, even though I hadn't even interviewed him yet, he, uh, he was telling me, hey, man, um, we got some things that are kind of brewing here that's going to make major news, and... I, I need to hold off on the podcast, but I'm just telling you, here's what's going to go down. You know, and they're kind of giving me stuff, even though I've never talked to them. <laughs> I've never met them in person, and I've never uh, talked to them uh, other than that phone call that, that, that they're telling me this news on. Um, but they, uh, but I, I think that kind of goes to the respect that, you know, this, this sort of thing uh, breeds for one another in this business, that, you know, if you're, if you're in it for long enough and you're and and you you know the same you kind of know the same people or you start to talk to the same people um i don't know a lot of these people but i've talked to them and and, and so then then another radio host will give me a call and go hey you know i, I like i know we haven't met and i know we, i know we haven't talked yet but there's some things that are brewing i want to come on your podcast can you give it a couple weeks you know and just it's like wow so that's so you're giving me the breaking news here huh okay <laughs> interesting so that's kind of been um, something that comes to mind. But in terms of bloopers, you know, we, we'll, we'll chit-chat and we'll, we'll kind of shoot the shit for, you know, sometimes before but a lot of times after that the podcast is over with. And I'm sure there have been some fun stories that would probably be cool to, to put on air, but um, none, none that come directly to mind. Have you been able to continue to stay in touch with these people and build relationships with them? Uh, yes, yes, some more than others, obviously, but, uh, you know, I, I will, uh, I will tell you, I, I really, uh, th- there's, there's some people in this that, that I've had on that, you know, as much as I would love to keep 
a relationship with all of them. You know, some of them, I, I, I get the vibe, and I, and I could be getting the wrong vibe, but I get the vibe that eh, I'm not, you know, maybe, maybe they'll never want to talk to me again, or maybe they, you know, they just didn't enjoy it enough, or, you know, and it's just my thought on it, and I could be way off. But then there are others that have been so nice that, to, that they have taken the initiative to keep in touch with me. And, um, and I'll, I'll, I won't say his name because I don't know if he wants me to say it, but I'm going to give away his employer so you can start to narrow it down. But uh, one of the people who was on my podcast uh, at ESPN was like, uh, hey, Look, how, you know, always checking in. How are things going? How are you doing? Um, have you uh, have you have you left Oklahoma City yet? You know, can, let me put you in touch with some people. And it's been really uh, really cool to the point where I ended up going and shadowing him up at ESPN and uh, hanging out and got to talk to uh, you know a bunch of the quote unquote suits up there and and got my name on the radar up there a little bit further than than had been uh, done already through my on-air work. So, um, and, and, you know, still have uh, a great relationship there. And, and, uh, and really, and that maybe not to that extent, but really there have been um, a lot of others that, uh, you know, a handful, eight to ten, that we're always checking in or we're always talking to each other on Twitter um, or through email or sometimes over the phone, um, you know, just saying, how are you doing? And I think that, you know, that I, I, they, I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, I think, I think these people kind of like to get feedback from each other. And, and, and I think these, these sports radio, a lot of the sports radio brethren like to help each other out when they can. And I, and I think that's what ends up happening whenever these relationships start to blossom to more than just a podcast interview. So, I want to shift gears a little bit as, of course, I'm more of a play-by-play person where you focus on sports talk. I host a weekly sports talk show, but I'm not very good at it. So um, I, I just don't like to bring that up all that often. But, you know, you it's funny you said having to call games in Bismarck and do sales because I've done both of those personally here in South Dakota. But but I guess what... Well, you know what? what, what was your... I, you know what? I know a lot, a lot of people... Lo- I want to make sure <laughs> to differentiate. There are a lot of people that love that. And I, and I don't know if you're one of them, Logan, but oh, I, there, I, I, there are I a am. lot of people that... <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of people that love the sales, that uh, love the small town. Hey, I did small town high school basketball for a long time. Loved it. Loved it. Um, so there are some people that love it, especially if it's in their own hometown or near their hometown. But I think there's a lot of people to kind of differentiate that want to, that they want to do, let's say they want to do baseball play-by-play. Well, okay, well, you're going to have to go and, and do a play-by-play for the Chattanooga Lookouts uh, in A baseball. Sounds great, but you're also going to have to come up with every media uh, kit before every game uh, we need you to do pregame, postgame. We need you to post it all online, uh, and, and you're going to have to sell at least a thousand tickets a year for us. And they're like, I mean, that I don't know if everybody wants to do that. That's that's where I'm kind of differentiating that some people will cool will be cool with that and will stick it out and will be resilient in a town they don't know, and then there are some others where they say that's the end of the line. 
So before I had that brain cramp, I was going to go into take us through your prep process for both your talk show when you're hosting one and for your podcast. How does that differentiate and how much time are you putting in? Uh, the talk show, um, you know, no disrespect to any podcast guest I've had on, but the talk show takes a lot longer to prepare. Of course. Um, I am, I was always doing three hours. Um, I kind of pseudo by myself. I would have a lot of, um, I would have a lot of, uh, interaction with my producer in Oklahoma city who I have no problem calling a co-host. I mean, he was very good at it. Now he is a co-host, um, in my stead. But, uh, I, I think for, for the, uh, for the talk show, obviously, you know, the, the, whatever the big story or stories of the day are, um, both in your market and nationally, you want to hit on. And then I think there's, I think what gets missed is uh, a lot of the people that start out, they're, they're so, it's so ingrained in them to just give the nuts and bolts of what happened. <clears throat> and they don't necessarily have an opinion. And I, you, I mean, to, to to be successful in sports talk, I, I mean, unless it is um, some sort of information only show, you've got to be opinionated. It's just not going to work otherwise. You have got to incite some sort of feeling in your uh, listeners, or it's not going to work. So um, I, there is a, there's always five or six opinions that I have about the game. Uh, and there's a lot of them are sometimes, I, 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 I think, secondary to what maybe what exactly happened on the court. You know, I don't know if, you know, maybe LeBron had a good game. Well, I'm not necessarily related, you know, maybe I'm not necessarily interested in how good of a game LeBron had, but maybe I'm interested in the, uh, in the way, like, for instance, we're, we're taping this on. Uh, that you know, a couple days after uh, Dwayne Wade was shooting baskets at a hoop during the Canadian national anthem in Toronto. Okay, that's an interesting story to me. I want to talk about that. Um, and you know, why you know why do we care so much about uh, you know is, is there is, is it too disrespectful? You know, how much you know? It, are we really just being so mad? Uh, about stuff like that. Do you really care that that he, you know, was shooting baskets during an anthem, or are you just programmed that you that you feel like you're supposed to care? Stuff, maybe more sociological and psycho, uh, psychological uh, topics that maybe delve just a smidge off the court or off the field. I'm interested in those, and I'll write a whole lot of those down um, as they come, you know, as they come in. I'm always. I think you're prepped for a. Sports talk show never stops because um, if you're anything like me, your thoughts are fleeting. And so I, I always use my phone to write a note. If I saw something in my car, if I saw something on television that I know, if I don't write it down right away, I'll forget it, then I'm writing it down. And I think that's uh, so, so long as I have that little, uh, you know, the little bullet point that I can look at the next morning whenever I'm in full prep mode, I can really start to expand on my thoughts just from that bullet point, just so I know I remembered it and I can recall it. 
Um, as far as the podcast, obviously a lot of these people I know um, or, or, or know of. I don't know them personally, but I know of them. And um, I, I just want to make sure I've got my current information about them correct. But much like you did about me, I want to know a little bit about your history. Um, I, I'm just trying to pry stories out of these people. And I think that, that I love interviewing. And so I'm always just wanting to pry stories out of people. Um, how did you get from point A to point B? Um, and you've done a lot of them with me already. How did you get from point A to point B? What was the low point? Um, what was the high point? Um, you know, t- tell me what it was like almost getting fired. I just, I just had a podcast today where, uh, that I taped today where the, the guest said, yeah, I got through almost getting fired and here I am. I'm like, wait a minute. Well, tell me the story about getting fired or almost getting fired. And that turned out to be a really interesting story that I'm sure a lot of people in his market knew about, but the rest of us don't. And, uh, and so that was very cool. Just trying to pry stories out of people and you try to do as much research to find where those stories might be. The rest of them will come out as that person is speaking. So you kind of have to be prepping while they're talking. At least I, that's a lot of what I do. I'm writing down questions as they're speaking, doing a lot of listening. I want to pry a few more of those stories out of you, and I like to finish each podcast with kind of just some goofy or oddball ones. What is the weirdest remote broadcast experience you've had? I'm sure you've done your fair share of remote on-location talk shows. What's the weirdest experience you've had with that? <laughs> okay. Two come to mind. Um, the first one... It came to mind because of the location of it. Um, I got asked and got paid, both the station and me, got paid just to come to somebody's uh, Kentucky Derby party. <laughs> just a random guy's Kentucky Derby party. And it was like, <laughs> like you know, we'll pay you X amount of dollars, and it's in the four figures. And it's like, well... <laughs> Okay, I guess I'm going to be a sucker to the money here. Um, but yeah, and invite people to come, you know, while you're on the air, and tell people where they tell people where it is, and we just want to have a big blowout party. And like, oh, okay, uh, that sounds great. And so it was uh, the day before Derby here in Louis- the Kentucky Derby, by the way, uh, here in Louisville in the in the metropolitan area. Um, it's the Kentucky Oaks, where it's it's the Derby just for the female horses, the fillies. And, uh, and so that's, that's kind of the Friday party. So it was a weekday. It was a regular show for me. And, you know, we had the show. And sure enough, I was staying there afterward. And, and uh, that was very, was very odd. And I partied with a bunch of people I didn't know. And it all turned out okay. I didn't get shot. <laughs> and uh, and I didn't, didn't get beat up or anything. And, and we made sure to have, you know, a bunch of people from our station there just so at least we had some sort of, <laughs> some sort of uh, team and I you know I wasn't out there with just a producer and a and a tech or a remote technician and stuff like that but uh, it all worked out good so that was one um the other one I guess the one it's not necessarily a, it has to do with where I was at um but <laughs> how uh how it can be to I guess uh for for someone to like you of the opposite sex um I I went to a remote and uh, it was a fun remote, 
and um, there were, you know, there were a lot of people in the audience and stuff. Um, show ended, and it was at a bar, so, you know, obviously, you know, you stay and you talk to people who were nice enough to come by the show, and there were drinks that were being handed out, obviously, all during the show and after. Um, of course, I didn't take, I didn't partake in many of them during, but, uh, you know, I had a couple after, you know, and um, you get to talking to people, and one of them is a girl who's fairly attractive. Um, I, at the time, had a very, uh, you know, had a long-term girlfriend, and uh, she is now my wife, but this other girl uh, who knew that I had a girlfriend, because I do talk about it on air, she decided to take a pass at me, and uh, like that was very... Uh, you don't get to that very often when you're in sports radio. Uh, an sports radio girl groupies. Gonna take... <laughs> yeah, I know. It kind of was. It was very odd. Um, so, yeah, she took a pass at me once, and uh, I, you know, politely declined, although she didn't see it that way because she had had, you know, 10 or 12 beers. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was uh, – I, I, she probably drank me uh, cute because uh, <laughs> I am not necessarily – the, the most handsome fellow out there. But, uh, yeah, those are a couple of the stories that come to mind off the top of my head. What is the dumbest thing you've ever said on the air? You're, you're on for three hours every day uh, for years. You've got to have had some slip-ups. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are a ton. Um, the first one that came to mind, uh, and it really wasn't even... I mean, it wasn't really even that big of a deal, but it's just the first one that came to mind um, was when I was doing sports talk back in the late 2000s, 2000, probably 2008 or 2009, um, I spoke of a coach, a football coach on the air, Steve Craigsorp, who was at the time the head football coach at the University of Louisville and wasn't there very long. Um, he was supposed to come on our show at, you know, at a certain time, five, let's say five thirty. I was doing afternoon drive and I was just joking. And I said, you know, uh, well, Steve Craigthorpe big time. And, uh, and I can remember thinking just, I just thought it was funny and, yeah, he's big, big time. This we're not, you know, this little old show here. Well, um, you know, he took offense to that. I don't know if he took offense to it or his PR staff took offense to it. But uh, they were immediately calling me and saying, "You're, you know, you're. Uh, how dare you? That's that's ridiculous. I want we want to retraction on the air and uh, and all that stuff." And I, I remember thinking at first, like, man, you guys are sensitive. <laughs> but looking back on it, I, I, I mean, looking back on it, you know, he was a new coach at the time, and it didn't take me long to realize it was probably pretty stupid. I, I could have worded that a different way. I mean, he's, you know, he's a busy guy. I didn't, I didn't mean any ill will, but that was really dumb. Um, that was really dumb the way I said it and the way I played it off, and I made the coach look like an a-hole even though he wasn't. Uh, so that was the first thing that came to mind. I'm sure there are better stories. But uh, in the interest of your time, I, I, uh, unless I think of one on the back end, I'll just go with the first one that came to my head. Okay, how much time do you still have left? Uh, I'm probably good for another five minutes. 
Okay. Then how many hosts have you had on your podcast who secretly inside have shows that you don't like? Huh. That's a good question, but I don't know if I've had one yet. Like eventually, there's only so many shows. You'll have to come across some that you don't like. <laughs> that's, that's right. I don't know if I've had one yet. Um, you know, I've obviously, I have uh, kind of gone in the direction of shows that I, you know, have taken a liking to or, um, you know, I, I, I heard one show and liked it, or I saw their name in the trades, and uh, you know, and 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 have heard good things about them. I've not necessarily heard every person's show. Um, I've had sixty some odd guys on. I've probably heard forty of those sixty, um, but the other twenty, I've just I've heard good things about, or you know, I, I uh, you know, I've read about them, and they're obviously doing something right because they they. They got on my radar. Um, not to say that that's super important, but to get on my radar. But you know, I just I'm just reading and I read up on them. And hey, okay, let me do a little bit more research. Oh, okay, well this guy's kind of been in it for a while. I didn't know about him. Let me let me learn more. You know, so yeah. But in terms of a show that I just didn't like, and I went ahead and had the guy on anyway. Um, I don't know if I've been there yet. I'll say there have been maybe three or four that I can think of off the top of my head, that I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm, you know, their, their show's okay. But not one that I'm like, man, their show is terrible. Like, I, I don't, and I think the reason why is because if, if I don't like their show, why would I think they would be a good guest? You know what I mean? So uh, I guess that's my thinking. But, yeah, that's, so that's, that's probably a long answer to your question. All right, we'll give you a minute or so to give yourself a shameless plug for taking the time to come on. Oh, hey, the pleasure is all mine. Um, the podcast about sports radio, you can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Stitcher. In fact, if you have iTunes or Stitcher, just just type in aboutsportsradio.com slash iTunes or aboutsportsradio.com slash Stitcher. And if you do it on your, uh, if you have an iPhone and you do it with iTunes, it should take you right to the, uh, the iTunes podcast page. Um, and, uh, same with Stitcher if you have the Stitcher app on your phone. So do it on your phones and, and you can subscribe fairly quickly if you would like. And, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter anytime at Big Easy, B-I-G-E-Z. And the show's Twitter account, the podcast Twitter account is at about SR. Uh, SR for sports radio at about SR. So yeah, no, and I appreciate you having me on. And uh, any any time I can help in the future, uh, let me know. No problem at all. And certainly the same thing goes back to you. I really appreciate you taking your time. Once again, Zach McCright, he's the host of the podcasts about sports radio. He's been the host in many uh, very, very big, I shouldn't say very, very big, but some pretty major markets as a sports talk host. And thanks again for joining us. You got it. No problem. This has been the Say the Damn Score podcast. You can subscribe to it on iTunes after you subscribe to Zach's. Uh, And then you can also subscribe to it on Stitcher. You can 
Sign up for email updates on the top right of this page. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Logan, excuse me, radio underscore Logan. I can't even remember my own Twitter account. And um, thank you for listening again. And remember, next time you're on the air, unless you're a sports talk host, make sure to say the damn score.